I've recently been contemplating some change uh, for myself and what that's been like. And uh, seven months ago, Ajahn Yanako left to his uh, abbot of the monastery and he uh, left to take a sabbatical, a break from his duties and uh, asked me to look after them while he was gone. And of course I had lots of help, so that was very much appreciated. But it's interesting, like the taking up of a duty um, I'm anticipating, I don't know, um, but just from my past, anticipating that the letting go of a duty is actually more difficult than the taking up. The taking up seems to involve a fair amount of becoming and rising to the occasion, whereas uh, letting go of something, if one is, uh, has had any sort of attachment to that, there is uh, more difficulty, or can be more difficulty. So, just been reflecting recently about what I've learned and how it's informed my practice, being up at the front. And also, as I was just saying, the I could either kind of dread a change or um, not want it, or deny it, um, or look at it as something that's of interest. You know, it's a, a learning experience. Everything with the, the Dhamma, if we embrace the Buddha's teaching, is a, a learning experience for us. We don't have to uh, run away from anything. As Ajahn Chah would say, everything is teaching us. So as we rise up to something, then as it dissolves, it's just another teaching. I think some of the, uh, the lessons that I've been reflecting on in regards to leadership or taking on responsibilities um, for a community has been one around really trying to be careful with uh, the role and know that um, as difficulties arise, if that carefulness isn't there, that's that sense of um, being heedful, then there can be a lot of dukkha that, that follows. And often it's, it's difficult to, at least I found for myself, it's difficult to um, always have that carefulness because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things that need to be attended to and taken care of. Uh, and so the, the, the effort that it takes is what I found for myself just much greater um, for that heedfulness to um, be brought in.
But when it is, when there's some careful consideration, then there, there can be success, I think, in decision-making and uh, looking at certain situations, especially with being open. That's one of the, uh, the things that I've found, or, or one of the bigger lessons is having a, um, an open mind around things is, is quite important. Just the other day, uh, we were doing one of my, um, the, the task that I've been engaging with a lot, which is bringing materials into the Kuti sites that we're building and leading the charge on that with groups of uh, very kind, sometimes, or I think always willing, uh, hopefully not too reluctant, uh, people who are helping, because it's a lot of, incredible amount of work. Um, what I found with that is, is that, uh, you know, just that, that sense of trying to continue to be open to suggestions or uh, what occurs is, is very important. And it's, it's important just in general with our, our practice or with engaging with the Buddha's teachings because he teaches so much around views and opinions and how that is such a field of um, opportunity for the defilements to come in, for, our, for us to really give in to what are more of our unwholesome intentions when we, when we really stick to our strong opinions and views without letting uh, there being open possibilities that we could be wrong. It could be uh, uh, something that we can learn. Because when we, when we have these, these views and we shut them off um, and we don't see clearly, then um, that can cause so many problems in not just our, uh, our own minds, but our, our relationships with others and uh, how we interact. And of course, making, you know, making usually more mistakes than we might have just because we, there's inflexibility The, the other day, just on one of these work scenes, the, um, a few weeks ago, we were bringing up materials and they just, uh, we had loaded them on the truck wrong and they just slipped right off the back of the truck because they were on a, a hillside. And luckily there was what seemed like almost no damage at all. Um, but then when there came to be another time when it would have been quite opportune to have taken off the materials in a particular place, I just said, no, so we're not going to do it. They're going to slip off again. This particular type of uh, um, wood or uh, like plastic wood. And, uh, and so I said, no, I can't do it, can't do it. And, and I was pretty emphatic about that until the suggestion was made again, well, maybe, you know, why don't we try it? It might be wrong. There's, there's a possibility it could be wrong. And then, and then sure enough, when we drove down to a place where it would have been much better to unload the materials, it was, it was much flatter than I had thought of. And so we tried it, nothing slipped. Um, we were careful. And that was that. And then I reflected on that, you know, that the first part of the work period was like an hour of like a really hard work just to avoid that problem from happening and how it um, would have been easier work 
for sure. But the, the more the, the sense that I was getting was the, the sort of dukkha that comes from feeling that one's right or it has to be a particular way and then how that shuts down the system and the blindness that occurs around that, the sense that uh, convincing that there, there's no other possibility. And with that, with that belief in place, then there's, there's no movement of mind, there's just an obstruction, basically. And unfortunately, that what, what occurs with that can be a habit. And the more that we build on that habit, then uh, the less frequently we have the potential to learn, the potential to really bring in an understanding of our own suffering or the obstruction that we're causing ourselves with, with holding on to our, uh, our views and opinions when they're, they're clearly not correct. They're not helping us. And even greater is when you know, we hold the same is true for our Dhamma or the, the way we're reflecting on our, um, our own experiences. This could be something fairly simple around like, you know, anger is good. It's good to express your anger, to, uh, to express your, your righteousness because you're right and the others are wrong. And we see, you know, just in society how, how such a um, perception can cause so many problems in the world. Wars, even world wars. So we're, we're always trying to pay attention to that, that sense that we have of, of really f how we form our opinions and how important it is to really recognize like, oh, I don't, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not right. Maybe there's, there's not uh, the problem that I think there is in this situation or the way I'm, I'm particularly taking on this understanding is, is, is wrong. And often the problems that we have with that is our, our sense of our own uh, self-importance and our, the, the belief that if there's something wrong, uh, if, we make, if, we have a, if we're wrong about our opinion or we express ourselves in terms of a certain way, then uh, there's ultimately something wrong with us. And so we carry that around and, um, and while some people can be impressed with our own confidence. Uh, it's, it's not helpful when it's, when it's really seen as, huh, this person's a little overconfident or doesn't know how to bend, doesn't know how to say the words, I don't know, or I'm not sure, or I made a mistake, or maybe that's not right. It seems like a, a weakness or something that's wrong. So that's, that's uh, one of the, the ways that I think it's been uh, very important to really try to lean into that and see where there's been a, these stronger attachments to a particular way of thinking and seeing how much of a, a hindrance it is and a problem it can be. And also a, a, a loss of, um, of trust that people can have. So, oh, this person's inflexible or they don't know um, how to take in other people's opinions.
And another thing there is, is um, within that as well is, is when there's sometimes making certain decisions means that there are going to be people who misunderstand us. And especially when having to, to make decisions that are opposing, in other words, either going one way or the other, and there's two different people that might want something to go one way, um, then there can be some misunderstanding or a sense of it not being fair from another person. And that person experiences pain or suffering because they've put in some expectation that the way they thought um, should have come out, you know, something should have come out the way they wanted it to be. And so the, the, one of the things that Lumpur Pasano had told uh, a younger monk early on was that um, he gave him the advice, you have to be willing to be misunderstood. And it's interesting if, if you reflect on your, your life, like how often does that come up when you find that there's a misunderstanding and then you, you immediately, or later on, at some point, just try to correct that, try to correct that person's view to see like, no, you misunderstand, I'm actually, it's actually okay, I'm doing, I made the right choice or it was the right thing I did, let me clarify this. And so if we spend much of our life like always seeking to be uh, understood by others, in other words, oftentimes that, that means like to be liked, um, to be appreciated. So we're seeking that and in a certain way wanting our reputation to, um, to work out for us. It's, it's a really good reflection to, to sometimes be in situations where we can ask ourselves, well, am I willing to just be misunderstood by this other person? To be maybe disliked or for them to really create a, a perception that they've been wronged or, um, or whatever decision we've made was the wrong thing. And it's like, really, it comes down to just that just getting very tired of defending oneself. You know, you kind of maybe see it as an unwholesome thing eventually, just not having to defend. It's a, it's a very, um, it's something where a lot of relinquishment can, can come through. So sometimes I see that in like reactions and how we react to each other. Uh, somebody says something and um, it shouldn't be like this or it should be like that and, and there, there needs to be a reaction rather than that being met with um, non-reaction. And so often when we're, we're dealing with others we, we need to sometimes ask ourselves, well, does this require me to, to actually um, react to what another person has said to me. And occasionally things are said in an unwholesome way and, and really the worst thing we can do is, is to uh, have a reaction. You know, because uh, it, when we don't, sometimes we can leave others with what they've said to us and they get to contemplate that. 
We don't have to feed on it or receive it. So that's been one of the interesting things for me to reflect on in terms of um, being responsible for a lot of things in the monastery and then seeing that there's, you know, there can be some differences of opinion about how, how we go about dealing with things. And of course there's, uh, I would say for myself, there's been so many mistakes. Um, and if I counted them or tried to add them up, it might be quite maddening. So it's been important for me to express express sort of uh, if I've made a mistake that's been harmful to somebody, then really to express my regret in that way. But also sometimes when when mistakes are made, it's just, well, that's just how things are. It doesn't always require an apology. It doesn't require um, us to, to make amends, you know, free ourselves of our sins and, uh, you know, purify ourselves. It's just, well, it's just normal. We make mistakes. And the, the purification of making a mistake is just to, to, to learn from it. It's not through necessarily an apology. Uh, again, again, I'm not saying that apologies aren't helpful sometimes, but um, what's more, most important is that we're learning from each time we do something that we see, oh, that, I could have done that differently or I could have done that in a more wholesome way. So I was uh, talking about before one thing that I uh, what I noticed in the beginning was that that sense of, of picking up uh, something, picking up a responsibility, and you know how best to deal with that. I remember speaking to Lumpur uh, Suchito about that. How when we want to offer dana, uh, we want to do things, we want to help other people, or engage in activities. Um, where we're, you know, or a certain, take on a certain responsibility, um, it's not always that we're doing that for the right reasons. And I don't mean just a reason of like for our own self-interest. I, I mean that sometimes um, being helpful can be compulsive and it's not, uh, it's not coming from a, um, a, a beneficial state of mind for ourselves. So like when we rise up to sort of letting go of our own selfish interests and we, we actually see we want to help another person out and we, we do that, that's called chaga. So we might, we might not want to give something up, we might not want to give up our time. Um, or it could even be something that we, um, you know, we want to eat and we don't want to share it with somebody, whatever it might be. It's that giving up element, that sense of giving up, that's so important. And, uh, and then that feeling of, of wanting to give to somebody, wanting to help. But, but sometimes it's, it's not, it doesn't come from that. It comes from, our giving can come from a sense of compulsion to do. And so we just kind of, I can do this, I can do that. And we just take on um, what we're doing more out of um, 
this sense of, I'll just do it. You know, I'll just do it. I'll just say yes to that. And then there's not necessarily a reflection of that, the, the, the goodness, the kindness that's there. Because it, it might not actually be there. It might just be from this, this activity of, 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 I have to, I must, I better, I'm going to. So each time we step into a role of, of doing something, it's good to reflect as much as we can on, on what our motivations are. You know, can, we, can we kind of recollect our own goodness, our own generosity in what we're doing, um, rather than just, yes, I'll do it, I'll do it. Who's willing to do it? Me, it's me, I'll do it. And so um, sometimes it's important to actually lay back a bit because if we don't and we're, we're stepping into that, not only are we just engaging with our own uh, compulsions of activity, we're also not necessarily benefiting others because we're not leaving room for them to be generous or for them to, I mean, maybe we're stopping them from being compulsive uh, if we take all the activities away. But, but if there are others who are doing, wanting to do things out of generosity, then um, that compulsion can kind of stop that. And even if sometimes we're wanting to come from a sense of generosity, we do want to be careful to, to let others be able to uh, volunteer and offer and uh, find ways that they can be generous as well. So there's a lot to consider in terms of that rising up to, uh, to making an offering or engaging with certain responsibilities. And sometimes this rising up comes from uh, another unwholesome factor around not letting go, and that's, that's that uh, my way or the highway, or I can only do it right, and others won't be able to fulfill my expectations of how I want something to be. And I think that's been one of the mo most painful lessons I've learned um, and it's been, you know, over decades of just like, A, being willing to let others do things how they're going to do them, but also B, letting go of the perfection of, you know, how I expect something to be done, you know, how, how something should look or how something should be. And it's been very difficult because um, as as much as I'd like to, to let go of that, uh, the, it's, it's hard to let go of, but also there's a lot of pain involved when the desire for something to turn out a particular way uh, isn't let go of. You know, it's that, it comes from that similar sense of those views and opinions, but it's really, if it doesn't come out how I expect it, then it's, you know, it's disaster. Just, it's not going to work. It's failure. It can't work any other way. And of course, that's that's a, a complete fallacy because you know we don't run around being able to correct every single problem in the world. So obviously, there's a lot of problems. There's also a lot of things that are getting done well, and and a lot of good things that are happening that we're not responsible for. So that, that's a, uh, an important quality that I've 
been trying to let go of for, for years is that sense of um, expectation that things always uh, have to go the way that uh, I prefer them to be. And it's interesting because if, you know, it really can be a habit that's just engaged in over and over again, like, well, I'll just do it the way I think it should be done, or I have to tell people how it should be done, and then not seeing that dukkha over and over again around the result, you know, that um, when we have something the way that we want it, um, then we come to a belief that a, it came through an experience of, of necessarily goodness where somebody might have actually felt oppressed about it, you know, oppressed in the way that it was, some instruction was given or how something was done. Um, or others don't feel responsible. They don't get to feel, again, that sense of generosity because they're just being told exactly what to do so they don't get to express their own individuality um, in certain situations. So there's a whole, a whole uh, range of of, of issues that can come up and it you know with that sense of control or expectation about how something is and so the you know as I'm reflecting on these I'm just encouraging that reflection within yourselves around how how this might be true for you as well or not if, if you found certain successes in your lives that um, have led you to come into taking on certain responsibilities and then um, how that's been quite wholesome and beneficial. So there's, you know, there, there's, uh, there's a lot to be learned uh, in, in the realm of uh, of moving into um, how we, we are, you know, taking on certain responsibilities in our lives, whether it's through leadership or just the things that we need to take care of, things we need to take care of to live, and how that impacts us and how that impacts others. And so there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reflections we can try to, to glean off of this. Um, sometimes people are afraid of taking on responsibility or, or being leaders. And um, I guess all there is to, to really fear about it, though, is what I recognize is when the learning stops. So it's when there's, there's no learning occurring in that experience that we forget that everything is teaching us and it just becomes a, a particular mode of being, a mode of being that, uh, that we don't really recognize what we're, we're actually experiencing. And it moves into that more compulsive realm of just doing and doing and doing. And the danger with, of course, with that is that there's, there's no Dhamma reflection. There's no wisdom that's being gained out of that. And so in a way, we, you know, we're, we're really looking towards you know, embracing our own mistakes, 
and um, seeking learning in a way that we can find some enjoyment out of it. It's not doesn't have to be drudgery or about self-blame or anything like that. It's like, oh, okay, how can this this be understood uh, in a way that I can I can bring it in and and use it for clarity and wisdom. And so each one of us has that potential all the time. You know, each, each moment we have of the day, it's, it's just another moment to, to be able to, to witness um, what it is we're experiencing and then, and then turn it into a lesson. And often that lesson is just, you know, one breath after the next, just seeing the mind's movements and trying to bring a lot of steadiness. But we do gain we do gain insight when we're doing that. We do gain understanding because we're we're learning a skill and we're honing a skill. So it's a bit of a bit of a, a warm day today, and uh, I'm generally a little bit tired, having to deal with a fair amount of things. But um, especially with basically trying to clean the office up and make room for Ajanyanako come back. And uh, we'll have uh, a group of monks coming tomorrow. So up in pretty fairly, fairly uh, early in the morning. Also I plan to go up to the, the, the um, workmen are coming to pour the foundations tomorrow morning. So I'll probably going to get up and Spray the foundations down um, and try to learn something about it or from it. So I think that's uh, about all I have for tonight. And uh, if anybody is, is interested in, in continuing, um, we'll have our, our Wampra. Um, but anybody else who'd like to uh, have a rest and um, then that's uh, good as well. Um.